This is episode 10. What? Technically. We're in yeah, double it's going to be double, dig- double digits. <laughs> double digits is right. not a saying. I think I'm no. fully on board with. Yeah. Did you, um, um, are you caught up with the, oh, there's a new drag race that I have to watch after we record, so we probably should talk about it. That's what I'm doing. I'm watching it right after we record. Uh, this is I have what to wait I for my to boyfriend to come over. What? I just remembered. Last night, 7 mm-hmm. p.m. California time, I pull up YouTube just to do some random scrolling, maybe watch some video game playing, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. on the front page recommended was the Whatcha Packin' for this week of RuPaul's Drag Race with the eliminated queen on the thumbnail. So they oh. spoiled the end of the episode on YouTube before it had even aired on the West Coast. Oh, um, I hate that. Right? Don't you? Don't you? I'm coming into this episode irritated because I'm going to watch angry. the episode <laughs> right after this. I know who goes home. But yeah, uh, who who on the social media? And then I woke up this morning mm-hmm. to a YouTube clip of the watch the lip sync and it had the two queens in the lip sync on the on the thumbnail i've kind of learned not to look at social media until i watch the episode it's just um, but the, oh it's only this bad with drag race but like whoever's on the social media team over there give me a call i could do that job i think i'd be very good at it and i wouldn't spoil things just give it 24 hours so anyway <laughs> well the, this good whole episode morning. could be about drag race so go ahead and introduce i know the, we're gonna we're gonna, introduce, <laughs> we're gonna start it. good morning good afternoon good evening and good night and welcome to the poptimist i'm one of the hosts i'm billy and that's dagny she's my sister say hi dagny Hello. Poptimist is a pop culture breakdown show brought to you by these two dumb siblings um, Mm -hmm. focused on optimism. This came about because uh, uh, I kind of have a habit of liking everything. It's very hard for me to dislike something, even when we were kids. Um, But it's also from I I would really like to to see pop culture be built up instead of being picked apart and broken down. That's the show. That's the concept. Tell all your friends to subscribe. Dagny, who wants to go first this week? We're going to talk about our pop culture shit beyond Drag Race, because uh, I could talk about <laughs> Drag Race. We should have a Drag Race podcast, except for the fact that there's already 87,000 of those. Yes, at least at least that many. Although I did start I think... the new season of Drag Race UK. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, we'll get to it. I've also said that I'll allow you to do a Real Housewives episode eventually. We can do that, because I know you've been itching to talk about it. But we'll, it, that's a whole entire episode, at least an hour long for both uh, franchises. So, uh, But I'll talk about what I've been watching. It's a show that's yeah. been out for a little while that I think more people should watch, but I also think the reason some a lot of people don't watch it is because it's on HBO and it's hard to access. But it's Search Party. Uh, and the new season, season four just came out, and it's it's one of the best shows because they do a perfect job of mixing comedy with really messed up twisted plots because uh, there's murder in there. There's all sorts of weird corruption and you're watching these people that are you like them, but they're also doing bad things like covering up murders. Um, and throughout the whole time, you're like rooting for the people that are trying to be good, but they're also doing horrible things. And it's hilarious, too. I don't know how they write it so well to where I'm I'm laughing as this woman is kidnapped. Like, he's stuck in it's, a room and kidnapped. And they're burying list, a body and, and I'm laughing. It's been on my list since season one. Mm-hmm. It's um, like, sorry, I literally interrupted you there. I'm so no, sorry. No, no. <laughs> I don't have, because it just came out, I don't want to spoil. Because uh, this new season has a really cool twist. I mean, the end of season three, you kind of see what's happening. But it does a, it's kind of switched the whole vibe of the show to make um the main character more of the victim um and it's 
so it's just so good i think more people should watch this just hit me up i'll give you billy's boyfriend's hbo password so you can watch hold it on. <laughs> hold on i'm just kidding i wouldn't do wait that. just a uh, second uh yeah your boyfriend would be so upset but really well, if you can get your hands on it Actually, you, i think we've used them all yeah you really i highly highly recommend it. it the actors are all so good even two of the main characters are dumb like just very stupid and they're my two favorite characters. Uh, it's like Dory and then uh, Portia and I believe Elliot is his name. I don't know why I'm not uncertain right now, but it's like they're, Portia and Elliot, super dumb, but very, <laughs> very funny. Um, yeah, so that's really, I, I don't want to spoil season four at all so far, but every episode has been super duper strong. And I think everybody should try and watch it. I really feel bad that it's on HBO and I'm recommending this show that's very difficult to watch. But I, during quarantine, I, mean, I watched season one through three and like a, the span of a week because it's just episode after episode is good. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about it. It's been on my list forever and I saw it on mm-hmm. HBO Max and I was like, I'll get to it. And then the boyfriend started watching it, but didn't. I don't think he quite got through season one. So I'm going to try and catch up. But it's yeah, it's every single time I've ever heard about that show. It's been it's great. And I'm glad there's finally a way for me to watch it because. Yeah, um, there was a really long time that I saw I would. I remember like on FX or something, I it was I was watching like Always Sunny or something like that. And I kept seeing ads for it on different channels. I don't remember. That might be wrong. But I, somehow I kept seeing ads for it. And I was like, this seems super fun. And I also had a friend who was getting auditions for it all the time. And I just I heard about it from different people. I kept seeing thing like posts about it. And finally, I had run out of shows to watch and i said let's watch search party i've been putting it that is my that is the craziest thing about you no no this is insane this is why (laughs) you're like my tv person because no one else i know is like yeah i ran out of tv shows yeah i do watch a lot of tv you have told me and my boyfriend that if you don't like a show you will just try to watch it faster because you still feel obligated to finish it yeah, and it's really difficult for me to not like a show. The only show I can think of that I for that I have given up on um, is Thirteen Reasons Why. But I watched the first two seasons, and then the end of season two, I was like, I I can't. There's a Good it's a school you. shooting, and instead of do like calling the cops, Clay, the main character, I believe that's his name, comes up and he's like, Hey, man, maybe don't, maybe don't do this and then it's just they they drive off and leave and i just after that i was like i don't think i can do it also the first season was the entirety of the book now they're just making stuff up um but the first season very twisted really not great for viewing but i did enjoy the first season enough to be like i'll give season two a chance um so yeah you've just seen everything i I have i have which Uh, is kind of cool i think the only thing i haven't talked about or the only time I didn't talk about a TV show was when I talked about Mrs. Pettigrew. Uh, yeah, it's all based TV. Liz for a day, whatever it was. Anyway, so all TV. But Billy, I've talked a lot. You can go ahead and say your thing if you want. Well, real quick, you need a show to watch. Have you heard of The Expanse? Get, I will I, I will get to it. Ugh, I'm rewatching New Girl, as I told you. I will get to re-watching The Expanse, New I Girl, When you could just get on Amazon Prime, start <sighs> season one of The Expanse, and be like, wow, Billy, you were right. But it's cool. We'll get there. So I had a thing I wanted to talk about. And I yes. I had a plan. And I think mm-hmm. I'm going to firebomb that whole plan and not talk okay. about it. Uh-huh. Well, you you mentioned something in the open that I think I should talk about. Maybe Drag one of Race? the most interesting, compelling <laughs> TV franchises, new TV franchises of the year. And Dagny, that is the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. 
Honestly, I do enjoy this. You just do a quick rundown of it because it can no, be no, too long of a conversation. It's Salt Lake City. It's, I will keep it quick. But it's it's season one started this year. And you think, uh-huh. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? I don't want to watch a bunch of Mormons sitting around not drinking. No, no, no. It's a bunch of ex-Mormons saying Mormons can't drink and then doing shots on camera. It's amazing. <laughs> it is uh-huh. It is so compelling. And it's honestly mm-hmm. because of the Mormon stuff. It's bananas okay. um there's like a, a, a two ex-mormons one mormon that was excommunicated one mormon who was making the decision to no longer be a mormon during the season um oh. uh one of uh one of them it was she was jewish and she converted to be a mormon one was a mormon mormon and now she's muslim it's it's wild <laughs> but the real star of the show the only reason i want to talk about the real housewives of salt lake city and this yes. is my pitch is the dark 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 storyline of mary cosby i'm gonna read you Mary Cosby's official biography from the Bravo website. Let me know if you hear it. Everybody should hear this because it, it is bonkers. So everybody with a penchant for God, couture, and only the finest champagne, Mary Cosby is a Pentecostal first lady who inherited her family's empire of churches, restaurants, and more. The caveat in her taking over the family business was that she married her late grandmother's second husband, Robert Cosby Sr. They have since been married for 20 years and have one teenage son together. Small but mighty and always dressed to the nines, her unconventional past has made her guarded and she quickly finds herself on shaky grounds with some of the ladies. Did you hear the part about how she's married to her step-grandfather? You didn't need to read the second half. That That's the only <laughs> nugget in there that we care about is that she married her step second whatever grandfather yeah that, I, love, it, I love that they lead into it with in order to inherit like a chain of churches and also restaurants and already i'm like okay that's weird tell me about that weird business dealing and it's like mm-hmm. no time to talk about that because she's married to her grandfather uh, step grandfather yeah no that uh, i oh, mean i wow. know there's so much more on this show but that is I've never watched it, and I remember seeing that description, and I said, "This is insane." I, I only the only time I watched Housewives was Dallas because we're from Texas, and there were That's some parts. The new in season there. of Dallas is good too. The new season, I'm I'm down for the new season of Dallas. It's okay. It's, yes, yeah. Salt Lake City um, is yeah bonkers though. It's such a it's such a strange concept, and I'm glad I'm glad for your sake that it's working. That it's well, and also I think everyone I think everyone needs some good trash TV to like reboot themselves. And for me, mm-hmm. it's ugh, it's the Housewives, and I love them. I love I watch all of them except for Orange County. Because... I can't be upset. This is gonna be the last thing before we introduce yes, our guest. I know. But I'm right I can't. On. I can't come for you for uh, trash TV because I did start The Bachelor to uh, bond with my what? new roommate <laughs> because she watches what? it. And uh, let me just tell you, it's not good. It's very sad. It's it's upsetting to watch, but it's fun to watch with other people. If you ever get into The Bachelor, don't just sit in your room and watch it by yourself. You have to be with friends and making fun of it. That's the only way that it's fun to watch. Because if not, it's just sad. You're like, wow, these girls are for fighting the over the same. At the, at the first half of the episode, she was. Like, I know. Sorry. Okay, I know this is optimistic. It. I know we're supposed to be, but it's. I mean, it is fun to watch with friends. I'll say that. That's my optimistic take on it. You know. Anyway, well, I think it's time to exactly. introduce our yes. guest. Oh wait, what? What did you I want was going to say, would you like to give a rose to our guest? I think uh, that works. Yes, Is that a absolutely. good transition? Hell yes, yeah. to our newly married guest, I'll give him a rose. That's oh, true. Oh man, that is one of the ways that I'm going to introduce him. Uh, he is newly married, so that's exciting. Also just got, I don't know if it's your first TV credit, I'll have you tell me that once uh, you sure, come yeah. in. It is the first? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So Mike just got his first TV credit of uh, for the show Call Your Mother. 
Um, everybody watch it so we can get a season two. <laughs> so uh, anyway, lots of other things. They're very funny. Movie buff. We love Mike. Mike Culbertson, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Um, how are you doing? How's your, your Saturday? <laughs> it's, it's very chill. Uh, quite literally. It's probably means, the one day of the year in LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's raining. These episodes live. That's right. Yes, it's it's mm. all, it's always Wednesday because we're always recording live. No, it's it's oh, Saturday right, right, at eleven right, right. a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking coffee and it's raining outside. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, raining. It's cold. Is it raining? Like, I haven't opened the door. <laughs> I think it did overnight. Um, everyone's car is wet, and there's like ten a ten car pile up since no one knows how to drive in the rain here. So I, I, I think that. it rained overnight. Well, Los watch. Angeles, crushing it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, Dang, I didn't yeah. even know it's raining. I'll open a window today and check that out. <laughs> Sounds like an it's, exciting. It's day. gonna hurt. No, it's gonna hurt. It, like I, we opened our back door patio and like the wind just slapped me in the face and made me want to take like take another nap. But um, <laughs> it rainy feels days good. really just make me want to nap. Uh, Nothing like a good. rainy day in Los Angeles in the middle of a global pandemic to really make you want to <laughs> look at the television. Just cuddle <laughs> up, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love I love weather talk. <laughs> I, truly, truly, our content just keeps escalating. Just add yeah. the more episodes we record, the more compelling. Wow! Wow! Happy. We can talk about pop culture though, if we want. We can just jump right into it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, sure. Mike, we have asked you to bring a a piece of pop culture, anything you could possibly like. Um, mm-hmm. specifically something that you like. That's what we're looking for. Um, I got you. So uh, what do you want to tell us about your poptimistic pop? I hate when I do that, but <laughs> what did you bring in for us today so we can start chatting about it? Yeah, um, I'm going to be very dramatic when I set up this movie um, because <laughs> I get very interesting looks when I tell people that this was the piece of cinema that made me tell my parents I wanted to be a director. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It is the late 2000s. I'm not going to specify the year. Um, it is, but I will say it came out July 4th weekend in the late 2000s. Okay. Um, so it was my cousin's birthday. His co- uh, his birthday falls around July 4th, and yes. we went to go see this movie. I was astronomically hyped for it. Like, I don't remember the last time. Uh, I think Avengers Infinity War and Endgame were probably the closest I've come to experiencing levels of hype like that again. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were so excited for this movie that my dad, who took us, told me, my sister, and all of my cousins, you need to pee before we go. (laughs) I am not taking you to the bathroom during this movie. (laughs) I do not want to miss a single minute of it. Uh, And tragically, he had to take one of my cousins to the bathroom. He missed six minutes of this masterpiece. (laughs) <laughs> while he was gone <laughs> uh and i i don't envy him because he really missed out on a really crucial scene but anyway <laughs> the movie ends my mouth like my jaw is just on the floor uh we get home we i talk to my parents about it over dinner and i'm like you know what i think when i grow up i want to be a movie director like that shit is so easy like not easy it's not easy i've definitely learned it's not easy <laughs> like <laughs> That shit is just so rewarding, and I want other people to like uh, feel certain things the way that this director made me feel certain emotions. And that movie was—I don't know if they can hear the drum roll. But... 
the movie was Michael Bay's Transformers in 2007. <laughs> I knew it was going to be Transformers. I, I was like, I, I, my brain was like, Michael Bay, it's got to be, especially the July 4th. Amazing. Clap. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Well, uh, I want to get right yeah. into, can you tell us why this changed your life? But also, I'm on board because the first Transformers, I did love. I, I, we, I think I saw, I mean, a little peek into high school, Billy. I think I saw it in theaters three times. Yeah, the wow, first one, twice. honestly, I will twice. say I think it's a good movie. But uh, yeah. yeah, I do want you to tell us your uh, specific reasons, if you have some, of why this is a pivotal moment in your life. Yeah, no, uh, I think for me, I was really into like uh, visual effects and CGI. And I think mm -hmm. specifically how they transform, those effects mm -hmm. have aged pretty well. Um, oh, yeah. They actually still hold up years later. Um, to the point where I was just convinced they built like uh, prop cars that transformed halfway and then the rest of it was done digitally or something. Uh, and I think it gifted us um, a glimpse into Shia LaBeouf's acting ability. Um, I know right. some things have kind of come up about him recently, but kind of shifting the focus mainly for in 2007, his baby eyes with everything that he looked at on screen just had me so convinced that he was looking at <laughs> like actual 20 foot tall robots oh yeah um, mm -hmm. i think i was just taken away by the visual effects um i'm gonna put a huge asterisk next to story because <laughs> a, a story definitely occurs like in the movie but it's it's really really difficult to summarize um and because i was 12 years old at the time i was really uh the male gaze that Michael Bay was uh, operating under was really tickling my fancy. Um, but that was 12 year old Michael, right? Now it's just kind of super weird and, you know, justice, justice for Megan Fox and all that. But like, yeah, it, I mean, it, yeah. all that was working for me. was not as horrific as the second one, which I remember oh she's introduced by like straddling a motorcycle is like yes. her first shot in the movie. And it's like, come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> she's, like, hero. she's like one of the heroes of the first one. And you're just right. like, She's good, in it. she's good in it, but yes, the directing is questionable, mm -hmm. to say that the Well, I mean, I know can. we're going to talk about the first Transformers, but I, I, I found out not too long ago that the second Transformers mm -hmm. um, was, uh, is that the moon one? Uh, that's the third one, actually. Revenge of the Fallen. I think it's Revenge one. of the Fallen is the one where mm -hmm. they had to turn in the script before the writer's strike hit. And so the whole script was written in like very quickly and then couldn't have many rewrites because they couldn't edit it without violating the strike, which right. is, I think, why I just I had to get that fun fact out. That's why the second one is an extra special. That's Tornado. actually a very fun fact. That just contextualizes yeah. everything about that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I do like the third one. It's fun. But the second one mm -hmm. is so much a train wreck. Okay, mm -hmm. let's go back to Transformers 1, which I... So I remember the marketing campaign for this because I think they dropped... Mm -hmm. It was either Comic-Con or E3. They dropped the first trailer. And it had, like, Hasbro in the teaser. And people mm -hmm. were like, Michael Bay's doing a Transformers movie and everyone's acting like it's going to be fucking dope. And I don't <laughs> get it. Um... <laughs> And the thing I specifically remember from when the movie came out was all of the all of the interest in how the Transformers transform because it came out that they were like we we took apart this car and all of the pieces in the engine and underneath the car are all they all actually have a spot and the animation of the Transformers they're not like breaking anything they're mm -hmm. actually having all the parts move so it took forever to render but it was mm -hmm. that was honestly why you went back to rewatch the movie for me it was like i want to watch those cars turn into robots again and then back into cars yes <laughs> so cool. 
<laughs> no, that, all of that was just like so amazing to me. Like any boy who was between the ages of nine and 15 during that period, like we were spoiled with movies like that. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. It was a 1980s Saturday morning cartoon given to Michael Bay. I mean, that's all you have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't, I mean, there's a lot of things I just didn't question. Like the fact that uh, like guys in the army were confident enough to shoot at these robots with guns. Like they clearly don't do anything, but it's like, let's just keep firing at them anyway. Uh, the fact that all the explosions are fireworks. Like there's not, I don't think there's a single real explosion. It's just like balls of sparks going yes. everywhere. Um, but again, I didn't question it because I thought it was super hilarious that Bumblebee talked through a radio. Like that's probably yeah. my favorite like running gag throughout the not, not not really a gag i mean it's it, you just can't talk but it was cool it's amazing it's it's really cool and it also they managed to make this robot murder robot without a voice be so unbelievably charming and it's Somehow. that's really impressive i loved bumblebee yeah yeah, yeah no he played the part but also the character bumblebee it was, he was very likable or mm-hmm. she i don't know what's the gender of bumblebee i it's very unclear although yeah. you know what for 10 seconds and the rest of the franchise just completely disregards it for 10 seconds at the end of the movie bumblebee's voice box is fixed and it is a masculine voice that comes out and Mm. for some reason he just does not have a voice anymore after that movie he's like oh thank you for fixing it i'm I'm at your will witwicky or whatever and then he just cannot talk anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's such like a an educated like sounding voice like he's a harvard law professor just like (laughs) Oh my god, thank you. I was so tired of using Beyonce and like TLC to communicate all my <laughs> feelings. I am here now, ready to fight the good fight to get Cybertron like back to where it was. And then they just <sighs> don't acknowledge it anymore. That's the rest of the movies. He's still the radio. That's amazing. I forgot about that. Yeah, I they don't say it broke again. He just just can't talk anymore. It's weird. <laughs> I think Dagny, you and I, as the hosts of this podcast, I think we can take a stand right now and just say all of the Transformers are non-binary and Optimus okay. Prime says trans rights. All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. I can say I can get on board with that. Why not? Right? They're uh, robot cars. They can so say anything. <laughs> the first one too. The first one was kind of like the beginning of it, right before the Marvel craze, but kind of the beginning yes. of that kind of visual aesthetic for the summer blockbuster, mm-hmm. um, which I think Marvel then like perfected and then moved away from eventually. But it, it's it that period in time after the first Transformers movie, for probably like five years, all other summer blockbusters were trying to emulate Transformers. Yeah, mm-hmm. the hype um, around it, for sure. I mean, yep. remember Battleship with Rihanna? Like, that's just- <laughs> I, only saw it, yeah, I only saw it because of Rihanna. That was the only reason I wanted to go see it. I had a massive crush. I still have a massive crush on her. And oh, uh, I saw her in Battleship, she had machine guns. Hell yes, I am about <laughs> That's all I remember, though. Oh, I never saw Battleship, but I remember the trailer, just watching the trailer like, and then it says, and Rihanna. And just for a second being like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I that is very true, up, yeah. Uh, just out of curiosity, I did just look it up uh, to see other people's opinion. And it's got a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes, which it could be worse. It could be much lower be than that. Yeah. Over half of the Rotten Tomato people think it's a good a good movie. <laughs> a good enough to have. People. Um, mm-hmm. And then on IMDb, it's a 7 out of 10. So I think is that's- that high? Yeah, I, I was like surprised. Wow. Yeah, um, but hmm. still, it is. I feel like it is a controversial. Oh my gosh, controversial topic because there are people who are like not into this franchise. So I think it is yeah. still like 
definitely a well i also choice. think a lot yeah. of the the negative reactions to transformers occurred because of transformers too i yeah. genuinely what i remember i the reason i didn't see the third one in theaters was because the second one was a bummer and i but i mm-hmm. i think what we don't remember is like we were genuinely hyped for a second one mm-hmm. um yes. it was i remember being like the first trailer came out and they showed the giant huge robot from the beginning like rolling down the street on its one wheel and i was like this is gonna be great oh my god and then we yeah. get there and they're like no nah, the cinematography is even weird in this one we didn't even know what we're filming <laughs> right um, now that's very true because um i feel like I, I remember seeing the second one in theaters and by the time it had ended and like like my family and i were leaving i kind of had like this gut in my stomach of like I feel like I should have liked this, but for some reason I didn't enjoy it as much. But because it's the second one, because I have no critical thinking skills, because the movie has a two attached to it, um, it should be better than the first, right? Why didn't I? Why didn't I enjoy it as much? And I had to like, yeah, I, I, my parents were completely turned off afterwards. I feel like I had to make a PowerPoint presentation to convince them to pay for IMAX tickets for the third one because I was like, I, I believe in redemption arcs. I'm like, okay, they had a misstep. Uh, usually in the movie medium, the second one has a higher chance of being a misfire than the third. Um, mm-hmm. You usually only see a rise in uh, quality when it comes to video games, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But that's more of like a mechanical rather than uh, something as subjective as a visual medium. So um, totally. I think because of how two was received, three kind of had a more cynical outlook from people that watched it. Mm-hmm. Four is just a bunch of loud nonsense. And I think because of that, this revisionist history is that the entire franchise is bad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. But I, I it's kind of like, no, like Pirates of the Caribbean, how, I, I mean, I enjoyed the second one, but it follows kind of that same pattern where the first one, incredible, one of the greatest films ever made, in my opinion. And then the second <laughs> one is like, oh, it's like pretty good. It's still very fun, but it's not as strong as the first. And then the third one, I think, is incredible. Like, it's mostly just. Uh, I was about to say Robert Downey Jr. Oh my god. Why can't I think of his name? Uh, John Sparrow. Uh, Johnny Depp? Uh, Johnny Depp, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I remember yeah, loving the Iron third Man. one. Think about that flip. Wow. Making Robert Downey Jr. Captain Jack Sparrow? I'll, I would watch it. I would totally watch that. Absolutely. Actually, I, I'm really on board with that. That's really good. Yeah. It would just be <laughs> extra, extra asshole to uh, the Captain Jack Sparrow that we have. Right, um, right. About Transformers, though, Dagny, we've actually talked about this on the show, I think, because I was talking about how as these movies, especially with Transformers like 4 and 5, and they get Mm -hmm. really not great and not well received, the franchise as a whole hurts. And that has led to this instance of them, a couple franchises have done this, where they make like a reboot that's good, but no one watches it. And that is Bumblebee, which I think genuinely, I think Bumblebee might be the best Transformers movie, but no one gave a shit because they'd been hurt. They'd been hurt too many times. So no one saw it. That was totally me. (laughs) I don't want to go. I don't want to break my heart again by seeing a bad one. But yeah, it is good. Uh, It's a really fun time. And sorry, go ahead, Billy. Well, I feel like, I mean, I think Terminator did this a little bit where they, they, it was like, ugh, and then Terminator Dark Fate came out like two years ago and I liked it. It's great. And it's, but no one cares because we had three really bad uh, Terminator movies before that. So no one wanted to see another one. And it's like, surprise, this is probably the best one since two. Right. Uh, Right. And, but no, no one, and it's, it's weird to see these, these big, I mean, I know everything will get a reboot again, but it's weird (laughs) to see these big franchises kind of die as their best or one of their best movies is coming out. Yeah. It's a real shame. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe, maybe this podcast will inspire people to give things a second chance 
as I do with most TV go shows. Go watch Terminator <laughs> Dark Fate. Go watch The Expanse. I don't know. Yeah, right, and Bumblebee think, is on Amazon. If, you, if anyone yeah. listening like does need to watch it, it's right there on Prime. They keep advertising. And I think Terminator Dark Fate is as well. I think a I bunch think so. of Paramount movies were dumped onto Amazon Prime. Um, <laughs> shout out to Paramount. Mike and I to used to yeah. still work at Paramount. Who knows what our status is. It's, but, I, yeah. it's worded as like, we can return as soon as the doors are open, but we just can't. Yep. You know, that, 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 Launching soon. Has a Paramount heart Plus. In my heart. Paramount, <laughs> Paramount titles on Paramount Plus. We've got. <laughs> All of Star Trek, and that's really it. That's our that's our draw. That's why you got good enough draw for me, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, you know uh, what though? Oh, um, oh, I was just gonna add in since we brought up Paramount. I think I always got um, you know every crowd was different that we gave tours to, and just for context, uh, part of the page program, one of our assignments were to give tours. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a public lot; people could pay to come in, and um, we had like a prop house with a bunch of uh, used props from previous properties. Yes. Uh, spoiler if you don't feel like paying the money to go to the tour uh there is optimus Pr- the truck used for optimus prime is sitting in the prop house you cannot get inside because somebody tried to uh yes. tried to hijack it and for they got reason. it started um i didn't so, know that yeah they got it started uh i don't but you what? can't get inside of it anymore yeah they didn't like That's pretty impressive they parked off this prime in this prop shed and we're like, we're going to leave some gasoline in it and leave the battery connected. Well, yeah, no, they took him out for promotional <laughs> stuff. They would drive, there was a garage door behind him. Oh. He could leave. So somebody just uh, got it turned on and now you can't get inside. But sorry, continue, Mike. Oh, sorry, I just, geez. I told my guests all the time. <laughs> I did not know that. Well, maybe yeah. one day we'll see, but that I can like <laughs> throw a little nugget in there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that was always the moneymaker. You always got like the strongest reactions or the most like photo opportunities with that and the uh, Bumblebee statue. And, you know, you would think if most of the franchise is hated, why do people get like so excited to mm-hmm. still see these props in person? And I think it's because even if the first um, movie didn't have the most stellar reviews, it clearly touched people in a certain way that still affects them, what, 13, 14 years later? Oh, yeah. That absolutely. made me feel so old. Oh, my God. But yeah, like 14 years later, people <laughs> still get excited over this franchise. Um, yeah. Even I do, like even seeing the big truck. It's like my 80th time seeing it, but I'm still like, but you guys want to take pictures of this for sure. <laughs> ignore the Star Trek teleporter. Ignore the other Transformers prop we have in there. This is why you guys paid money to come. Yeah. Um, truck. Yeah. It's cool. And then, because the truck was actually in the movie, the Bumblebee statue wasn't in the movie. It was for promotional stuff, which I, when I had kids there, I didn't tell them that. I usually was just like, yeah, they used it in the movie for like height reference. But, I hell a lot to the kids. Absolutely. That's yeah, the same thing I, I, like, I can't yeah. break their heart and tell them that it wasn't in the movie, but I perfected that. It's very, very tall. Um, and I perfected the getting down on the ground, getting the perfect angle to make them look even taller and make the guests look short. Oh man, mm-hmm. we were good at our job. <laughs> Oh yeah, we were, we were all pretty decent, you know, <laughs> yeah, just getting yeah. the moods around for stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And I would tell Pete, so on that lie of using it as a visual reference, um, there was actually a mom who, when I was telling a kid that, she was like, oh my, that makes so much sense because Shia LaBeouf <laughs> gives like, such a convincing performance. And I'm like, I think that's what people are remembering. I know it has mm-hmm. explosions, um, you know, bombastic music, uh, and even more explosions. Like I can't emphasize enough how many explosions are in this movie. <laughs> Completely nonsensical explosions on top oh, of yeah. that. Um, I, Mike, I think you have a really good point about Shia LaBeouf's performance and his reactions and building relationships with these CGI robots because mm-hmm. I 
specifically remember all these years later, there is one shot, literally in the whole movie, one shot where his eyeline is incorrect. And it's not his fault. It's mm. whoever had his eyeline. And it, it's he's like on a pile of rubble and Bumblebee's like crawling towards him, but he's scooting in such a way that it makes it look like he's afraid of Bumblebee. And he's like mm-hmm. looking a little bit too close and Bumblebee's farther away. And I remember that. Because it's the only instance in the movie where you don't, where I didn't believe it. It's like, and it's literally for, <laughs> like he's, it, it's the rest of the movie is so convincing that they're actually there and they're having these conversations and they're reacting to each other. Yeah, that's absolutely what it is. That's what what people remembered was it felt it was a cheesy 1980s cartoon come to life and it felt real. Absolutely, yes, it was. Um, and I think there are certain scenes that kind of like repeat that trick. Because I think my favorite sequence in the entire movie, to the point that I, um, because I was a goody two shoes, scared of viruses on my computer, I bought the single piece of score from the Transformers soundtrack (laughs) when they are arriving on Earth, uh, all of the Autobots uh, dropping down in like various places of um, what I think is LA. I mean, it's shot in LA, but I don't Mm -hmm. think they're, I don't think it's in LA. so yes. <laughs> yeah they they never have their geography right but i am because like wilshire shows up in the movie so i'm like i'm pretty sure this is la but you're pretending it's like chicago or something yeah um, <laughs> so uh when all the autobots are landing um the music that plays got me so fucking hyped i'm like this is it's been an hour now my attention span is shit we have finally got to what we paid for um <laughs> And I just love how they're all just kind of like how they find the cars. This is what my aesthetic is going to be. I'm going to be a Porsche. I'm going to be a uh, a red one. I don't remember the brand, but one of them is red for sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Optimus kind of like seeing a truck just drive down. I'm like, yeah, that's that's alpha energy. I'll be that. But my favorite out of the entire sequence is the girl who steps outside of her house because one of them lands in the pool. Um because it just raises so many questions why a six-year-old is up at 3 a.m. just casually walking to the pool <laughs> to see this robot crash into the water. Um, but it crawling over her, the cinematography of just making us feel so small compared to that robot, um, I just that just felt super special to me. I felt like we had a special movie going on here and that little childhood, or that little child wonder is everything that encapsulates why Shia LaBeouf is fantastic. Um, Granted, he, his dialogue gets a little repetitive at times, um, and not just him. Everybody in general has the same reaction to anything happening on screen. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Go, go, go. Same, same <laughs> yes. three no's, same two goes. Josh Duhamel <laughs> says it. Tyrese Gibson says it. Um, I don't think Megan Fox does because I don't think Michael Bay is a fan of letting uh, certain genders speak. But, like, everyone else, all of the males <laughs> are, like, just the same no 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 go you know go go. Who I just remembered is in these movies in basically all of them and has maybe the most insane character arc is John mm. Turturro. Is he in like all oh my five God. of them? He's in the movie. Yeah, he is yeah. for some reason. And Not he's like for some, he's a fantastic actor. Actor, yeah. but he's I, in, a, I he's in all five of them. Like really? as as the rest of the cast fell apart, John Turturro was like, "I'm still doing it. Put me back in Transformers." <laughs> and he's he's like the. Isn't in the first movie he's like a researcher who thinks the Transformers are real and no one else believes him, and then by the fifth one he like works for the U.S. government as like crazy person Transformers mm-hmm. research guy. But he's I'm always like you, a little yeah. manic, and he's he's always delivering a performance that's a little bit like beyond the movies, which is great because John Turturro, <laughs> I love it. Because he always like no one can see my face because it's audio, of course. I'm just like so mind blown because I think he just slightly moves up the corporate ladder each movie. 
Yes. I feel like he gets like a higher ranking position each time, but they don't like explain what it is. He just has a new badge, I think. <laughs> yeah. And he's always a little crazy. He's always, and even though he's been like regularly correct in all the movies, even in like the movie five, he's like, we got to mm-hmm. stop using this thing. And like, You're so crazy, John Turturro. <laughs> oh my gosh. I now I have to, now I feel like I have to rewatch all of them, but only go to his scenes because I don't remember him at all you just unlocked like a deeply repressed memory. yeah isn't that weird i just it clicked too i was like who else is in these movies because you said like, it was like josh Jamel, and i remember um mm-hmm. shia's parents are hilarious they're great oh absolutely they are fantastic um, yeah and then john turturro and then in like the third one francis mcdormand shows up and she's like in the air force and we're like francis you're in a transformers movie <laughs> oh my God. and then she the fourth is. one it was like hey you know what's what we need for these medieval transformers we need anthony <laughs> fucking hopkins <laughs> Anthony Hopkins and Stanley Tucci. I think he's in that one too. Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci is in these movies. I also love too that we're completely just going to not acknowledge Mark Wahlberg taking over for Shia LaBeouf. And, and we're like, and also Mark Wahlberg. But yes, yeah, Stanley Tucci, Anthony Hopkins. My favorite is is um, the voice of Megatron was Hugo Weaving until an interview where he was like, oh, those movies are garbage, but they pay me. And now he's, he's not Megatron anymore. Oh my god, I all of these cameos that are just and, and, and that just unlocks something else that uh Anthony Anderson is in the first one as well, I think. Yeah, yeah and oh my gosh, uh um Bernie Mac sells him Bumblebee. Bernie Mac launches the Transformers franchise by selling that Camaro to Shia Bernie Mac, like all Paramount owes three billion dollars, like how they earn three billion dollars because of Bernie Mac. He sold him the car. <laughs> and launched an international phenomenon from that point. Yes. What? Um, That's crazy. My God. I would entirely regret my life if I didn't um, plug one of my favorite things that has ever happened to me, um, hmm. which is Shia LaBeouf and I were on a first name basis at one point um, because oh, nice. at the restaurant I used to work at, he was a regular. Uh, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not going to name it in case somebody's like, I'm going to go stock out there and wait for him to show up. Cause I assume he still goes there all the time. Out in public anymore because of all of the allegations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Right. I see, but I worked there two years ago. So, uh, at that time didn't know. And he was a genuinely very kind person to me. And I always knew <laughs> when he was trying to eat healthy because he would switch to eating salads. He came in like at least two or three times a week. And, um, also he had, uh, he was really, really upset one time because we got rid of the turkey avocado toast that we had at one point, but mm-hmm. he was always very nice and he would refuse to let us clean his tray off his table. Um, even though we did that for any guest, we would re- like take care of the trash. He's like, no, 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 don't give me special treatment. And we're like, no, dude, this is literally our jobs. We do this for everyone. We bust the tables. But he mm-hmm. insisted on cleaning up his own plate, which I, cool, good, good for you. Appreciate it. Um, looking back, maybe, maybe now we know things, but I was like, Shia LaBeouf, he and I are bros. He's a cool dude. You think you're so special, but after Shia moved, I also used to work in a restaurant and he also used to come into that place. So maybe he's just weirdly stalking the two of us. Maybe, maybe he's a fan of the McCartney's and he wants to be friends with us. And we're just like, okay, dude, stop following us everywhere. Jeez. So real quick. Um, uh, also completely blocked out the fight fact that John Voight is in the first Transformers movie. <laughs> I forgot. Doing I what? Know. What is his purpose? It says, 
defense secretary John Keller, he probably is in two scenes just being like, kill those robots. And everyone goes, ah, John White. Oh, you know what? Yeah, that's true. That is very true. Which I a lot of people this that. movie. No, I, I um, think that's actually I, a perfect thing to, to pin to the whole military jargon. It mm-hmm. makes no yes. sense. Movies. <laughs> but but yeah, because he he like worked with the U.S. military, so they put their like branding all over it, and it's all like super optimistic, but also like not accurate. <laughs> it's, no, not even as a twelve year old, I was like, I just don't think this is how they do things. This is just so <laughs> like they just gave Anthony <laughs> Anderson like right, yeah, they just they just give these people like full clearance because they claim they're a hacker. Like, there's no proof. It's just oh, you got the laptop. Yeah, sure. All right, he's part of our Pentagon fucking defense team. Like, it's that easy. There's just moments like that where, um, I mean, Michael Bay from the opening credits is telling you to turn your brain off. Like, this is very much yes. this, this used to be a Saturday cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're just gonna have to accept that this is just a live action adaption of that, which is fine. That is completely acceptable. Um, but there's, it does have its moments where you're kind of like, I, I, sure, if it moves the story forward, fine. If it just gets us to the next boom, boom, I'm completely okay. <laughs> the next boom, boom. I love that. One last thing. Yeah. That just, I just made this connection in my head. Mm-hmm. The guy who, the guy, the actor who plays Shia LaBeouf's dad is Ben from Veep with the, the, her, her, who works in the White House and he always has the big juggies drinking. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, uh, Kevin Dunn. I, love him. I mean, I, I should just say, you know, comedian extraordinaire Kevin Dunn. Yeah, you know? I but, forgot yeah, about that. This cast, this Transformers cast is ridiculous. It's so it's probably why it cost so much money to make this almost. movie because they yeah. won all of the effects. Also, they had this stacked cast of all stars. Yeah. The so budget they had towards cool. voicing Bumblebee went to casting like everyone else. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna make that's a why sequel. they never. Megan Fox is redemption in this franchise. Uh, she was not. She deserved better. She did. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah. There, there was. Uh, I even remember. Um, uh, to frame it, you know, being twelve, I'm pretty sure the the quote unquote iconic shot from that movie is her working in the hood of a car, mm-hmm. like over yeah, a sunset, which I'm pretty sure is the Mulholland uh, scenic route. I think. <laughs> I'd have to rewatch. I think I'm pre- again. We're not in LA, but they shot it all over LA. Yes. Um, and even I thought to myself, I don't think I've ever seen anyone look attractive while working on a car. Like even if a person themselves is attractive, mechanical work is just not sexy at all. Mm-hmm. So there's just the camera angles. Like I'm pretty sure she's just checking the dipstick to see what the oil levels are. But Michael Bay's just like, let's get that stomach, you know, let's get that hair, get all of it. And Shia's just like on the verge of nutting. And it's like it's just it's, she's working on a car. She's working on a car. The sexual tension of that scene. Yes, a hundred percent. So much sexual tension for no reason. There's like there's lens flare that, that's blinding me. I'm pretty sure Lincoln Park is playing in the background. Yeah. And I'm like pretty sure we're three seconds away from them fucking and Bumblebee can do nothing. Like, all he can do is just sit there and watch. <laughs> Oh, you know, Wild I'm gonna go movie. back and watch this movie soon because I. They're fun. I mean, especially. I mean, I remember like the uh, the boom booms, obviously all of the, <laughs> but I completely forgot about the quote unquote story um, and all of the all star names that were in this movie. So it's, yeah, I, yeah, everybody fun. go back and check it out. Give that franchise more money because <laughs> they obviously <laughs> need the the additional money. They didn't make anything from these movies. They barely make anything. They barely touch a billion dollars. So barely. we can support our independent artists like <laughs> who are Patrick transformers please guys let's save the industry <laughs> them a re-release you know they need the money it's been it's been hard for the transformers remake. 
HD remake, 4K, and fuck it, 60 frames. Let's up the frame rate. Let's make it look like a video game. Which, oh my god, speaking of video games, that reminds me, after the movie, my new obsession was the Transformers video game on PlayStation 2. Um, I don't know if any of you even know it existed or played it. Yeah. Yes and no. Yes, because... Video game. <laughs> Actually, let me start with the no. I'll start with the no because I know it's like an optimistic thing, and what I'm about to say isn't necessarily cynical. It's not a good game because it was clearly made. Um, I don't think the development team had any access to the script beforehand. They were just told, <laughs> "We're making a Transformers movie. We need a spinoff game to, you know, extra revenue from the kids who are going to see the movie." Um, and it's very broken. A lot of stuff doesn't work. There's physics that make no sense. <laughs> but the feeling of pushing Triangle as Bumblebee and seamlessly transforming from a Camaro to the robot and having all these guns to your disposal, I'm not even sure what I was doing. I can't tell you what the objective of the game was. All I know is I would transform, I would shoot a pedestrian, and because the game is rated T, they would just fall over. They wouldn't, like, blow up or anything. They're just like, oh, oh, my God, you made me drop my coffee. And then, like, the military would be on you GTA style. I would literally waste about... Like, like hours, like entire Saturdays, just shooting people as Bumblebee. And you can play some Decepticons too. You, you get to, you know, twirl your mustache, be evil for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty sure the first Decepticon you play as is um, Starscream, whatever the, the name of the jet one is, the one that can fly. Um, they make his section really massive, a really massive open world section because you're a jet that goes like 300 miles per hour. So you, you need to have some wiggle room to like move around. <laughs> yeah. And randomly, the game, I think, would play clips from the movie to contextualize what you were doing. Really low-quality clips, like 480p. The sound, like the audio was terrible. They just ripped it off of LimeWire or something. And um, you you would just shoot, blow things up. You could climb buildings, and you were given points for it. Um, And I think maybe that also contributes to my my love to the first movie because Mm -hmm. I I got it like a week after I saw it. I kept the hype going. I'm like, I don't have to convince my parents to pay to see it again. They're not going to. I had a lot of power over my parents now that I'm thinking about it. (laughs) Uh, Making them pay for my movie tickets like all the way through high school. Uh, Sorry, mom and dad, if you hear this. But yeah, it was was very easy to kind of persuade them to see something. And Transformers, I could tell they were like, to my face at least yeah that was cool you know i had a good time and then they turn around <laughs> and got, like what is wrong with our son why is he into this stuff? Different, different story for us i think our, our dad was genuinely like fuck yeah that was great like <laughs> yeah even though i'm sure wow. also the military terms our our dad oh both of my parents were air traffic controllers um but my dad specifically would get angry at movies that had air traffic control like they're in the radar room and they're not one talking fast enough to like just it's not realistic uh to how it actually oh, happens we'll, we'll, we'll talk and it all would about ruin how... movies for my dad <laughs> yeah they sat next to me because i got into die hard at one time when i was like in high school i, when I was like gonna watch all the die hard movies so i think i'd seen the third one on tv so they went back and we got them on like vhs watch the first one great watch the second one which takes place in an airport with my two air traffic controller parents in the room, just talking through the whole movie about how that doesn't work that way. He doesn't have that power. That job doesn't exist. That doesn't go in there. That wouldn't happen. And then at the end, spoiler alert for a 30-year-old movie, at the end, Bruce Willis, there's the bad guys on a plane about to take off. Bruce Willis manages to open the gas tank before he like gets knocked off into the ground and the plane's mm-hmm. going to take off. And he's like, hey, 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 you PKA, motherfucker. And he takes his lighter and he lights the gasoline and the fire shoots down the runway into the plane as it's taken off and it explodes. And my dad goes, 
that might work. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Oh, that's great. I love that. No, I, I, my, my, my parents recently have started like, uh, I mean, they've always been into movies, but I guess since I started pursuit, like pursuing a career, like in the industry, they've been kind of like watching it under a new lens and like similar conversations like that come up where, um, oh, that was, it's either one of two things that wasn't realistic or that wasn't the movie you told me it was going to be, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> like, uh, soul, for example, they thought the whole movie was about jazz. They had no idea about the little like ghost thingies mm. so my mom was like what is this like kitty shit like what is i i wasn't <laughs> expecting this and i was like no it's a good it, mom it made me cry so like you need to you need to rewatch it please um uh. and I, there was a point to that what was the oh oh the full circle moment of that story was trying to convince my parents to rewatch transformers because of how much i loved it mm-hmm. um a, after playing the video game i'm like i cannot wait for this to come out on dvd um, we had just moved to North Carolina at the time, so my dad was constructing a bonus room in a home theater. Um, we just got this new surround system, and I was like, Dad, if we want to impress our neighbors and make them think there's like actual explosions happening outside, uh, buy Transformers. Here's the release date when the DVD's coming out. Go to Circuit City. If that ages me, go to Circuit City. Uh, <laughs> get it. Get the DVD, and we're going to watch it day one. We cranked the volume up, uh, watched it through its entirety, and I was like, what'd you think like just like waiting for his reaction my dad's like that's cool like, are you serious my chest was vibrating from the explosions and all you have to say is cool yeah yeah take a take another look at transformers it's oh, a yeah. good time and i'm gonna i'm gonna reiterate check out bumblebee if you didn't if it's free to watch and you liked the first transformers check it out it's a good it's mm-hmm. good it's a good time Haley steinfeld right yes yeah. Haley steinfeld and john cena Mm-hmm. Or John Cena John fan. Yeah, he's the Josh Duhamel character in the in Bumblebee. Yeah. They need they always need like a square headed person to kind of like yes. yell at people, and John Cena fills that role in Bumblebee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, um, we've yeah. we've come we've come to the end of the program. Yeah. Um, and before we go, Dagny and I like to play a game, uh, and this is a game that we call "What a Pitch." We That's have a title right. finally. Only ten episodes. It only took ten episodes for me to come up with the title. Uh, what a pitch and so basically mike is gonna uh, give us a, an object and a genre and we're gonna have 30 seconds to pitch it to him dagny who do you want to go first i think you went first last time no oh. yeah no i went first you can go first for this one all right cool mm-hmm. we'll take your gosh darn headphones off mike and i are gonna play a game okay. <laughs> and you said it's an object right yeah so like any form of media and then a genre anything you want Hmm, let's see. Probably should have spent the, the last couple minutes thinking about it because <laughs> um hmm. I will I, I know what I want the genre to be. I want it to be a romantic comedy. Okay. And I think it should center around um hmm. Are you familiar with The Last of Us? It's being adapted for HBO. Yeah. Have you heard of that? Yes. All right. Uh if you can turn Last of Us into a romantic comedy. Ready, set, here we go. Love in the Apocalypse. Are you kidding? It's incredible. And I'm just going to make it because we need more queer media in general. We got two dudes. I don't want two ladies. I love I love all the lesbian representation, but not enough double dude gay romance in the Apocalypse. So two survivors, they're both badasses. They got shotguns. They, they're working their way through a dilapidated building and they, oh, you're not a zombie. You're not a zombie either. Uh, and then they slowly start working together. Before the Apocalypse, they never dated other men, but now now we're making it Brokeback Mountain. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's 30 seconds 
I'm gonna call Dagny back in. Oh my god. I went off the rails there for a, a hot second. But good visuals though. Yeah. <laughs> Thank All you. Right. Let's okay. see. Dagny for you. Should, so it's the same one or choose a different one? Yeah, so uh, same thing. Same and then one. you pick a winner. Same thing, gotcha. All right. So it is the the last of us post apocalyptic story. Uh, but it's a romantic comedy. Okay. Uh, give me like five seconds. Okay. All right. So um, I know there's zombies involved. So I'm going to assume, I'm just going to say the the main character um, falls in love with a zombie and has to go through this whole dilemma of she's like, I know I'm supposed to be killing these zombies, but like maybe they're actually good. And then they have all these like fun little twists and turns where they have little hijinks with all of the other zombies. And it's like they bump into each other and they're like, oh, oh, and they have this love at first sight. Um they like have a, a wedding that maybe somebody tries to destroy everything and they like fight off the actual humans because she's like, no, they're actually good. Uh, and then the end, um, they get married and I don't, yeah. <laughs> Yay. They live happily ever after. Or the zombie dies. I don't know. <laughs> she has to end up killing him and then it turns really dramatic. Sorry, that was way over 30 I like seconds. how both of those are like romantic comedy tropes though. It either ends in like harmony or someone dies. <laughs> yeah. One or, <laughs> one or the other. Yes, yes, yes. That's generally what The Last of Us is about, right? I've never played I've watched people play it, and I kind of know. Pe- yeah, some people kiss, some people kill zombies. It's okay. I think romantic comedy would be like a good subversion of like the horrific things that happen in that game. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. So, I want to go ahead and give it to Billy for one reason alone. Okay. Yes. During his pitch, a visual uh-huh. came up. I don't even, he didn't even say it. It was just a scene that popped into my head. <laughs> imagining the two guys kind of going through their supplies and dropping bullets on the ground oh whoops oh my bad and they lean down and as they both lean down like both their hands touch on like a nine millimeter <laughs> and look up at each other like oh sorry it's like no but you know i definitely your hands make me feel so safe <laughs> and then boom, thank you the spark uh, is there going in kind of guess what billy's it, pitch was based HBO. Off of that. <laughs> Yeah, call HBO, call Craig Mazin, I think is his name, who did Chernobyl, who's doing the Last of Us adaptation. Say, hey, whatever yes. Ooh, you've been working on good. for the past year and a half, throw them out. We've got better ideas. <laughs> yes, I think. And Craig, you would be perfect. I was so horny watching Chernobyl. I think you'd be a great fit for adapting <laughs> romantic comedy <laughs> for The Last of Us, because that's all Chernobyl was about. Love yeah, it was and a rom com. And romantic <laughs> Oh, well, Becky, you want to wrap this up today? You want to? I you can. Hit this button yeah, I'll try and I'll it. try and do a good job of wrapping it up. Um, first of all, I'll ask uh, Mike. Do you have anything you would like to promote? Um, not really, other than what you said already. Uh, Call your mother on ABC, starring Kira Sedgwick. Uh, airs every Wednesday at nine thirty. But if you're like me and cannot stay up that late because of work, it is always on Hulu the very next day. So definitely check it out. Um, especially for people who uh, like to call their mother. I think there's a lot of uh, family and heart here. Fantastic yeah. cast. Uh, love every single crew member uh, who put like all of their heart into this show, especially to make it happen during a pandemic and to get oh, yeah. this far. With without any like huge disruptions to our um to our productions so definitely check it out it's a good time i think everyone could use some laughs and more uh, optimism with everything going on and it's, it's i think it's an easy watch so yeah nice well wednesdays coming on the show mike so, yes wow. wednesdays yeah yeah so absolutely uh, yeah, listen yeah. to poptimist and also at 9 30 watch call your mother <laughs> so uh <laughs> this is me just scheduling your wednesdays um and uh last thing about poptimist we do have an email um so one if you're interested i guess in being a guest you could email us but also we're really looking for 
Um, if you also have a hot take, like how you think Transformers is great, which it is, but if you have something that you think is a hot take, email us and we'll say it on the podcast. And if it's okay, we'll also use your name and uh, give you a shout out. So uh, the email is poptimistpod at gmail.com. Uh, so P-O-P-T-I-M-I-S-T-P-O-D at gmail.com. Gmail.com. Uh, so other than that, that this has been Poptimist. It's a podcast about taking an optimistic take on pop culture because we love to see it. So everybody have a lovely day, morning, evening, good night. <laughs> Say bye-bye, friends. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. <laughs>